You're listening to an all-new episode of Self-Made Strategies. Visit selfmadestrategies.com for new episodes, information about our guests, and a whole lot more. Our guest on this episode was diagnosed with kidney cancer in 2015. At that point, his life changed forever. Professionally, he's worked as a tour program coordinator for the state of New Jersey since 2002. There, he has directed the development and management of the New Jersey State House Tour Program, including interpretive programs, civic education initiatives, and visitor services. But that's not why he's here on our show. He's joining us because of the innovative approach he took to one of his great passions, running. In 2007, facing a divorce, he founded the Fishtown Beer Runners, a citywide running club that raises awareness and funds for various charities. Fishtown Beer Runners has raised thousands of dollars annually for national and local charities, including the American Cancer Society, the National Kidney Foundation, Phil Abundance, and Back on My Feet. Fishtown Beer Runners has also developed partnerships and events with over 200 businesses, nonprofits, and civic organizations. Their membership has increased from two runners at the beginning all the way up to 4,000 runners through direct solicitation, traditional marketing, and social media marketing. Fishtown Beer Runners has initiated 20 national chapters as well as 50 international chapters and has been designated Best Running Club by Philadelphia Magazine. Our guest has also been nominated a Philadelphia health hero by Be Well Philly. Here for your listening pleasure are the self-made strategies of David April. So there may be a little bit of a delay because we're recording this on Zoom. So for those of you watching on YouTube, if the audio seems out of sync, it's in part because Zoom has been having some issues and we've been having some difficulties with that. But Dave, we really appreciate you being on the show. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Really, really cool. So we met through a mutual friend of ours. And uh, I was really excited to hear about your Fishtown Beer Runners and how you got started in that. So tell us, take us back. You got divorced, you were feeling a little bit down and you decide to start this run club. Tell us the story. Well, first off, thank you, Tony, for having me uh, on uh, on your program. Uh, it's, uh, it's an honor and a pleasure uh, to be with you uh, to share uh, to share my story. Um, well, um, you know, I was going through a divorce uh, at age 43 and it kind of came out of the blue. Um, I was very, um, you know, depressed and upset and not really sure what to do with myself. Uh, I knew that um, I uh, didn't want to self-medicate. I didn't want to do, you know, do anything that would just make my hurt even deeper. My, I, I've come to the realization that, you know, I'm already down. Um, try not to go any further down because I've got to come up eventually. Uh, so I'm not a runner. I've never ran really, except when I played baseball in high school. Uh, but something uh, when I, you know I hit my lowest point, and something just a voice inside of me, or or some urge or survival, whatever it was, um, this urged me to go out my front door and to you know run down to the end of my block. Uh, and that that simple decision, that simple step, um, I, I felt better, and it, it gave me not only a physical sense of feeling better physically. But also, it gave me a, a sense of control um, that I had been missing uh, as my life was kind of spinning around. So, so that was really the the origins of my of my running. 
Um, the beer runners came um, uh, about a month or two later um, when uh, I was so excited about uh, running down to the end of my block that I decided to run around the block. And then I decided to run, run around a block a couple of times. And, uh, and then I decided, wow, this is something I've discovered and I need to pursue this. So, and I didn't know much about running. So I, I talked to a friend of mine, I ran over to his house actually. Uh, and I asked my friend Eric if he would um, train me to do a 5K. And I thought I was asking him to train me for a marathon because I had no idea how long a 5K was. Uh, and in the subsequent um, training runs that, that he did, which were more like therapy sessions where I would just unload and, and talk to him about how I was feeling and all of that. Uh, we were running and he told me about this study, this beer study that had been done by a doctor in, in, um, in Spain, in Granada, Spain, at the, uh, at the medical school at the University of Granada. And it basically said that, um, you know, small amount of beer after exercise or running uh, will not hurt you uh, in combination with the same amount of water. And I, we were like, wow, I was blown <laughs> away. Did, did I just cover the Holy Grail? And uh, we were, you know, Eric and I were, were, were running by a bar when, when he was telling me about this. And so we made a left turn into the front door and sat down and decided to, to give it a try. Uh, and at that point, um, we realized there are many more questions unanswered than answered. Uh, and we decided, you know what, let's, let's, let's give this a, a shot. So every time we would go out for a run, he and I ended up at, 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 a, at a bar and, you know, we not only discussed the study, but we were discussing all sorts of things like what my next run would be, you know, how we're going to tackle the next uh, 5k or the, or the, the half marathon, so on and so forth. Um, so that was really how it all began. That's super cool. What a great story. And uh, I, I love the fact that you know, this study coming from Spain affects a couple of guys running around the neighborhood in uh, in Fishtown in Philly. Right. Uh, you later end up meeting that doctor. You went to Spain to meet him. Tell us about that little adventure. Sure. So uh, Dr. Manuel Castillo at the University of Granada, uh, I after I started the club because you know, Eric and I were, 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 were running and I, and I realized that this is this such powerful stuff. It, it's not just the beer. It's, it's, it's the whole social aspect of, of accomplishing something and feeling and, and me feeling better and me feeling like I'm gaining control over my life. Um, I wanted to share that with the world. Um, and I, I also knew that if I wanted to join a running club, there really weren't many options um, for me because I, you know, the, the only options were formal training clubs, uh, not so much social clubs. So that's why I decided to, to start the, the beer runners. Um, and after we were running for maybe about a year or two, uh, we started picking up you know, more and more members. Um, maybe, maybe in the first year or so, I decided to send the doctor an email. So I, I, I tracked down his email address, sent him an email, uh, basically saying, hey, we just want you to know that uh, a group of us, small group of us in Philadelphia have taken your research and have applied it here. <laughs> um, and I just thought, you know, he would want to know that. And I was very clear 
to make sure that he understood that we were not beer drinkers. I mean, we're beer drinkers, but we're runners first and we're taking the exercise part very seriously. Um, now, on the other end of that, um, I didn't realize this until later when he actually told me, uh, but maybe years later, he said, you remember that email you sent me? I said, yes. Um, you know, it, it took him a while to, to respond. Um, and he said he thought we were making fun of him and he wasn't quite sure, you know, if this was a legit email or not. But then after a while, he realized that we were really sincere and earnest. Um, and, 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 you know, and, and over the years, he and I have become very, very good and close friends, um, to the point where he invited me over, uh, to, to Granada, to, to the medical school to actually speak at a medical conference, um, to talk about the applications of their research in a little neighborhood called Fishtown in Philadelphia. And it was just extraordinary that, to think that, you know, these doctors, these researchers were, you know, as interested in us as we were in them. Um, and what turns out is that many, and Dr. Manuel, I mean, his, uh, Dr. Uh, Castillo, his, his research isn't really into alcohol at all. It was just more of a, an off piece, an off research project for him. But what he found is that, you know, he doesn't get you know, a lot of the studies, you know, you publish in journals, medical journals, they get filed away, what have you. This was one of the first studies to have so much of a, a public impact uh, and to get feedback uh, from the public about how the research that they're doing is actually being utilized. That's pretty incredible. So did you guys participate in any studies while you were over there? Uh, we did. Uh, we, we went over a couple times. Um, the, the first time I was there, um, it was just myself. Um, I went over a couple more times. And then the last time I was with him in Granada, uh, I brought a group of beer runners. Uh, and we, we did participate in a, in a, in a, in a, in a study about the, uh, the correlation between the amount of alcohol and an effect on strength. Um, so I, I don't know if that, if that, study was part of a, you know, was ever published or not, but, but we got to go through the paces of what it's like to be in an actual medical study, uh, at the actual lab where they did the original beer study. So it, it was, uh, it was really, uh, quite an extraordinary experience. That's pretty cool. So you start this organization back in 2007. When did you start getting the idea that this would have some good overlap in terms of being a good fundraiser for local nonprofits? Yeah, uh, you know, it's uh, one of our runners um, brought up um, the, the, the idea that, hey, um, there's a lot of us at the same place at the same time every week. Uh, and we have disposable income because we're buying beer. And if you buy beer in Center City, <laughs> you know that you're, you're dropping, you know, uh, you know, maybe six bucks a beer, what have you. So on any given Thursday night, um, you know you're spending about 20 bucks um, and maybe more if you buy food and what have you. So uh, the concept was why not um, donate one of those beers rather than, you know, buy a beer, donate it to, to charity. Um, so that was, that was kind of the, the, the concept. Um, not, not only physical, not only donations of money, but also, you know, physically volunteering. And our first, really our first effort was uh, at Phil Abundance where, um, this runner, um, 
he he uh, had a connection there. Uh, he had done it before, and he and he got us. Uh, you know, he got like twenty of us. You know, went over and, and packed food uh, for Phil Abundance, and and that really felt good. And it it it, it gave us a, a a club a purpose that was greater than just my own initial um, purpose of just self healing, if you will. It gave it kind of a greater good. Um, and, and it's, and it's very important and it's what makes, I think, uh, us stand out from other running clubs. Uh, and it, uh, it gives you know, other people an opportunity to give back. Yeah, it's really cool. I love the concept. I, I, am a big fan of triple bottom line organizations. And even though this isn't really a traditional business, although you and I kind of talked about those things, uh, offline, this is a really interesting adaptation of that concept, right? You created a social club to run and drink beer together and to sort of lift each other's spirits while getting some exercise and enjoying some beer afterwards. And then it evolved into this conduit for raising money for nonprofits. Now, do you switch the nonprofits that you work with every year or do you always work with the same ones? Um, no, we, we switch it up. Uh, it, it really depends on, um, you know, we, I take feedback from other runners. Uh, sometimes they have causes or of interest. Um, most recently, um, given my cancer diagnosis, we've been pretty heavily supporting, uh, cancer organizations like the, uh, like Legacy of Hope or the American Cancer Society or Ellis Retreat, what have you. Um, so, uh, so they've been more health, health oriented, but not, not necessarily. We don't, we don't have a, uh, you know, an official policy at this point. Uh, we just give to where we think our, our, our funding will be most impactful. And, you know, I was always concerned, you know, how much money can you really raise on a, on a beer run night? Um, and, and what I found is, you know, we could raise up to a thousand, sometimes even 1500 bucks. And for a small nonprofit, that's really impactful. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, so you can, and they can use that money to leverage other money. So, um, yeah. Very cool. Now in 13 years, you've grown from just two runners to over 4,000 runners, 20 national chapters, 50 international chapters. How have you managed all that? Has it been really, you know, you're still just focused on Fishtown Beer Runners specifically in Philly and kind of allowing the chapters to designate their own lead? How have you managed that growth? Right. Um, uh, great question. Uh, I, I, I ask myself that all the time because I have reluctantly found myself in this position of, of, of having really an organization that has kind of grown from the grassroots. And, uh, and I, when I initially started this, I, this was not a, con a conceptual, this was not a concept of mine. This was not uh, a planned, um, you know, I wasn't planning to create an organization. Uh, it just started as, as, you know, this two of us, one step at a time kind of thing. Uh, I didn't realize that other chapters that, that people would want to start other chapters until um, they, they started to, to do it. Um, people had such a positive and such an extraordinary experience running with us that, um, you know, they would, when they moved away, they wanted to recreate their, uh, the same experience in the, in whatever city they, they moved to. 
uh, our first runner to, to leave the fold uh, went to Montreal and started the Montreal Beer Runners. And, and next thing you know, somebody moves to Charleston, starts the Charleston Beer Runners. And then somebody who was in the Charleston Beer Runners, they moved and they wanted to recreate the Charleston Beer Runners experience based on the Fishtown Beer Runners experience. So, so they moved to Las Vegas and they started the Sin City Beer Runners. So, uh, so it's been a grassroots um, movement, if you will. Uh, I, I've wrestled, I've often wrestled with, you know, how to, 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 to bring a sense of management to it and how to really uh, create uh, a, a fully, full, fully funded, organized, you know, organization. And I, I really haven't done that uh, to this point. Um, my, my sense is that one reason we've been so successful is that we haven't applied a corporate model to it. Uh, we haven't um, tried to extract membership fees or I haven't tried to really, you know, make money uh, off of this. I mean, the first thing, you know, people were whispering in my ear after we began to become a little bit more successful was you got to make money off of this. Uh, and, you know, I, I saw other, other organizations starting based on hours that were going the corporate route. And it just never, never appealed to me. Um, I, I'm more interested in, in, you know, the satisfaction and the, the, the growth that people experience in the club. That that's, that's, that's first. Um, and, you know, if people want to start their own clubs, that's great. Um, I mean, we do have certain you know, philosophical aspects that we want each club to embody. Uh, you know, the idea that we're runners first, you know, beer drinkers second. Uh, and the fact that, you know, the really important part of all of this is really neither the beer drinking or the running, but rather the community aspect of, of building up our community and each other. Very cool. Yeah. How did the, you know, you're, you're in the middle of managing this massive organization that's growing and growing and growing. And eight years in, you find out you have kidney cancer, you get diagnosed with kidney cancer. How did that affect your running of the organization? And how did you keep yourself on a positive attitude kind of course to maintain this organization and to continue growing it? Yeah. So what I, first off, be, uh, getting a cancer diagnosis is, is something that, uh, you know, I think we all fear. Um, certainly, uh, it was something that I feared and I, um, had no real, real relationship with cancer, uh, prior to this. Uh, and it completely took me off guard. Um, in fact, yesterday, um, uh, which would be, which would have been, uh, which was August 25th was my five year anniversary of my initial diagnosis. Um, and what I, what I found is that beyond my, my, my wife and my family is that, you know, my beer runner family, uh, came to support me. Uh, and it, it was, it was kind of cathartic to think that. I started this running club because I needed healing and I needed, um, you know, uh, to get uh, control over my life going through this divorce. But it really, in, in the, in the end, it really, I was creating a community that would support me as I went through perhaps the most difficult time in my life. And that is facing this diagnosis. So, um, 
I think in terms of how I changed the management, I, it, it made me realize that I needed to to uh, be more inclusive and in, in asking for help and having other people help help run the organization. And, uh, and and I don't recall if I specifically asked or or if people just jumped in to help. And uh, and and that's what happened. Uh, you know, people came came in um, to, to help me. Uh, I uh, I started running. I think. Six weeks after my major, my, I had, uh, my kidney removed, uh, six weeks after that, I, I ran a 5k. Uh, and that shortly after that, I, um, I started running again with the, with the beer runners. Um, in a short little, little story, uh, the night of my surgery, um, I don't know if, uh, if we planned this or not, but it was a Thursday night and that's our traditional run night. And I was at, uh, Jefferson, um, and, uh, we, uh, Somehow the the run ended up uh, at a bar across the street from from Jefferson Hospital, and and so uh, after my surgery, many many of the beer runners uh, traced into my my room, and uh, we did a ceremonial toast and all of that. <laughs> so, oh wow, that's really cool. So, uh, yeah, very cool. Uh, yeah. So speaking of running a five k six weeks after you had a kidney removed, uh, you've ran fifteen marathons, but you affectionately say that you've won none of them. That's still an amazing feat, considering that in 2007, you were age 43 and you start this run club and you've run 15 marathons since. So what advice do you have for maybe somebody who's listening that's thinking about getting into running? You know, with COVID-19, obviously, a lot of people have been stuck indoors. We've all put on a little bit of extra weight that maybe we're going to try to get rid of. So what, what's your advice to someone who, who's trying to go from like you said at the beginning, no running experience, just running down to the end of your block was an accomplishment to running 15 marathons. Yeah, I, I think uh, my, my advice is, is that you just get out and you, you do it. Um, you don't worry about um, who's in front of you um, and you don't worry about what's behind you. Uh, it's, it's really all about you making the decision to do it. Uh, and that's what it took for me because, you know, as I started running, um, you know, it was 07 when I started running, but it was my first marathon was 2010. Uh, yeah, 2010. So three years later. But in those initial three years, I vowed I'm not going to run a marathon. I have no desire to run a marathon. I don't have a marathon in me. And what it, what it really took was uh, friends supporting me and saying, you can do this. Uh, and they convinced me. To the point where I realized, okay, I can do this, and then you have to do it one step at a time, um, and and don't get caught up in you know, I mean, my biggest fear was I would I would be the last person across the finish line, and that fear always propelled me. But you know, you just have to do your do your thing, do your run, do your race, and um, forget about um, who's in front of you. I mean, face and just accept the fact you're not going to win. Uh, so once you accept the fact you're probably not going to win the marathon, try to, try to enjoy it. Um, and you know, that's been my philosophy is, is, is I enjoy running when I'm with other people, not that I don't run by myself, but I enjoy the camaraderie. I enjoy the, um, the support, uh, and that is also really a key component of, of the beer runner philosophy. When I, when I initially thought about the group and the types of people I wanted, 
uh, I wanted both novice runners, people who have never run like myself, but I also wanted marathoners. And, you know, I didn't know any marathoners at, at that time, but my, my concept was, you know, people that drink beer, uh, especially alone in their, in their basement, <laughs> need to <laughs> exercise. You know, they need to exercise. They need to socialize. On the, on the, on the other end, uh, marathoners, ultra marathoners, um, you know, really, uh, you know, type A runners who are really focused on their times and looking at their watches and their, and their, their splits, all that stuff. They need to be socialized. They need a social outlet. Uh, and I thought that, you know, if we could create an environment where you have a novice runner, having a beer with an experienced marathoner or just an experienced runner, um, that's where the magic happened. And I didn't know if, if that would actually happen or not, but it did. It does. Uh, it did. And it does. Um, and it's incredible. I've had marathoners come up to me and say, you know, I never speak to people. This is my social outlet. Thank you. I have people that like me who never run a mile. And, and they're running, you know, marathons. And it's because of the, the social interaction, not just on Thursday night, but it builds onto other uh, experiences, uh, you know, non-Thursday nights. So next thing you know, you're talking to somebody on a Thursday night and then you're setting up a run with them on Saturday. And then next thing you know, they're talking you into running, you know, the 5K and then the, the you know, the Broad Street. And then it just goes on and on and on. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know what, if, if I've given any real advice, but I just, I, you know, I just think that um, unless you, you don't know until you try it. But what I found is that there are runners in each of us. Uh, you just have to discover it. And I discovered mine out of necessity at 43. And, you know, other people discover it, you know, at a younger age. Now, what aside from your own story of you know camaraderie and support through difficult times in your life, especially two very difficult times, your divorce and then your your diagnosis of uh, kidney cancer, obviously very very difficult. First and foremost, are you are you in remission? Are you where are you at in your cancer battle? Yeah, thank you. Uh, I'm I'm in not in remission. I'm still uh, in treatment. Uh, so the initial, so to, to back up just a, just a bit, um, in, in 2015, um, when I, I was actually diagnosed, um, while I was, you know, I was training for the New York marathon, um, and I had a kidney stone and the kidney stone led me to the emergency room where they discovered the kidney cancer. And unfortunately that's, uh, how many, uh, kidney cancers are detected, not, for some others, uh, and unfortunately, for lots of people, um, that can be very late. Um, but fortunately for me, uh, the tumor had grown very, very large, and um, they estimate it was probably you know three to five years in in the making. And they said that that kidney stone really saved my life. I was very fortunate. Uh, and so for the next two years, uh, I was just went through a, a regimen of monitoring where they would, I was scanned every, every three months and, and so on and so forth. And then in 2018, um, we discovered a metastasis 
Um, one thing with, with kidney cancer, especially if you have a large tumor, even, it, even after it's been removed, uh, it can show up. Uh, so I have some, some spots in my lungs and on my pancreas. And so I'm, I'm now in an actual treatment, uh, taking a variety of, um, of uh, immunotherapy and uh, inhibitors. Uh, and that's been going on now for the last couple of years. Today, I'm, I'm in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, a clinical trial. Um, but the good news is that everything is, 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 is staying put. Uh, no more metastasis. Uh, things have shrunk. Um, and I'm just dealing with, you know, the side effects of, of, of the treatment. Well, that's wonderful to hear. And, you know, we're all rooting for you. Everyone who's listening, I'm sure is, is, uh, going to hold you in their prayers or, uh, in their positive thoughts and wishing you lots of good, positive energy and a, a quick recovery, hopefully in the near future. And I'm glad to hear that things are starting to shrink and that hopefully the clinical trial that you're involved in is showing some promise. Um, aside from, from your own story though, what other, you know, favorite stories do you have from the Fishtown beer runners? Oh, there's so many. Um, first off, um, there's many, uh, people who have stories similar to mine, uh, who, who come up to me and said, Hey, I, I was on my lowest point. I was, you know, obese i you know was a smoker uh, i needed to change my life around and you know your story helped to do this uh uh or your story was a catalyst to 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 make me um take my first step uh or you know i'm going through a divorce or um you know i never thought i could run uh there's a, one interesting story where um uh, a woman who was actually interviewed in our in, in our film, the uh, Beer Runner film, uh, where she she thought that um, you know she needed she wanted to run with us, um, but she was so intimidated that she was going to try to train to work up to be able to run with us. And uh, I, I I met her uh, and she was telling me this. She said, "One day I'm going to run with you," and I'm saying, "No, now you don't have to. You you, you make that decision." to put one foot in front of the other and you come out and join us. That's all you need to do. Um, and it, it, she did it and it changed her life. Uh, so there's been stories like that. Um, you know, the, uh, uh, Chris McDougall, it's another great story. Uh, he's the author of, of born to run, uh, and other, uh, New York Times bestselling books about running. Uh, early on we met him. He, he proclaimed the beer runners, the, the coolest running club in America. And, and, and he uh, had a great admiration for our approach uh, to running, which was uh, similar to his. And, and that is, you know, um, you know, inclusive, uh, you know, anybody can do this, uh, be encouraging rather than um, exclusive. And, you know, I, I found in, in life that I, I'm, I'm motivated more by encouragement rather than uh, being, you know, shamed or yelled at or, or pointed out, you know, how I didn't, uh, you know, make a certain cut or a certain time. Uh, but I'm motivated, uh, the opposite way. And, and, uh, so it, it's nice to hear those types of types of stories. Uh, and perhaps, uh, I guess most, most interesting and exciting is that we've had about 10 weddings, um, people who have, who have met, uh, at, you know, at the, while running and, and, uh, you know, ended up getting married. Um, and consequently, 
uh, about seven beer runner babies now. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah. That's awesome. Speaking of getting out and running, how have you and the Fishtown Beer Runners and the other beer runners organizations nationally dealt with COVID-19? And are you currently still running on an every Thursday basis? Right. We, um, we shut, I shut it down, um, uh, in, in March. Um, we have not run, uh, as a group, uh, since, uh, since March. In fact, we were the first running club in, in the city to really come out and, and suspend uh, our operations, uh, and, you know, indefinitely. Uh, and, and, and it's a challenge. I mean, we are a, a social running club that can't be social. Uh, so what I found is that people, still need, um, you know, uh, as that social component and, you know, you can run on and, and everybody runs on their own. Um, but on Thursday night, people will run on their own. Uh, and then, uh, at eight 30, we do, uh, the a virtual toast, uh, and people gather and, uh, you know, on, on their laptops or phones, or what have you, wherever they are. Uh, and we still have that social, uh, that we still have that community. Uh, and, and what's been really great about that is that we've been able to connect with the other running chapters, uh, you know, from California to upstate New York, they've have been able to join us, uh, on, on our, on our toast. Uh, so we, I find that it's kind of added a, another layer of, of, of connectedness, if you will. Um, but yeah, I, I, um, I just think, um, it's, it's irresponsible to to be running as a group um, at this point, especially you know in the city. Uh, every every location is a little different. Uh, the COVID policy that I put out was was based on uh, the Chicago area running group and the, the New York Road Runners, uh, and uh, I basically applied some of their concepts to to Philadelphia, um, but uh, also uh, understanding the fact that our chapters are all over the country. It's up to each chapter uh, to, to determine um, when it's safe for uh, their runners to, to, to run as a group again. Uh, but based on uh, the, the, um, their community um, guidelines uh, from their cities or counties or state uh, to really uh, determine how the numbers are, um, it, it, safety, health is, is, a, is a paramount concern. Um, so, uh, some of the smaller chapters, um, have started back, uh, with social distancing, um, techniques, uh, the larger chapters such as, uh, ours, uh, especially in a major city such as Philadelphia, we have not, uh, started back. Um, and I, at this point, I still don't know when, uh, we will. Okay. Yeah. And you've dealt with a little bit of turmoil. I say that lightly. It hasn't been that bad, right? But you've dealt with a little bit of pushback from some of the chapters, as you said, where you had to make this decision that basically every chapter was either going to have to abide by the COVID policy or kind of uh, veer off on their own and take on their own risk. How have you dealt with that internally? I mean, especially in an organization where you're not formally set up as an organization, right? It's completely just a, a social construct, so to speak. How have you dealt with that? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's those types of situations where, you, you know, where I'm at a, we're at a disadvantage of not having uh, that, that um, structure. 
where you can rely on uh, what a board uh, a board decision or an executive director decision, uh, what have you. Uh, but um, it's just made me realize that, you know, I can still make these um, policies uh, and, um, you know, inf- enforce them if people want to stay connected to uh, the beer runner uh, brand, if you will. Um, and if, if you if you don't want to be connected to the beer runner brand, then obviously you don't have to follow the, 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 the policy. Um, but, you know, we we haven't, um, you know, beer runners is a big tent. There's lots of different viewpoints, lots of different um, opinions and what have you. But I, I realize I have to make the decision that would uh, accommodate the, the broadest, uh, broadest appeal and, and to err on the side of caution. Uh, at this point, uh, you know, no chapters have left the fold uh, based on uh, based on that policy. Well, that's good. Yeah. So I know you said there's no foreseeable, you know, comeback date, let's say. But are you getting any more comfortable with, you know, some point getting back together or what's your your approach for the near future in terms of being able to run together again? Well, part of the part of the issue is even when Philadelphia goes to green um, and some are saying, um, you know, after Labor Day that restaurants, some uh, restaurants will be able to have indoor seating at a limited capacity, of course. Uh, Part of the issue is that we're so large that um, even if the city's in green, uh, there are still restrictions that won't really allow us to have, you know, the, the traditional beer runner experience, uh, you know, the days of, of, of 90 to hundred to, you know, hundred plus runners piling into a, an enclosed space, you know, are, are over, uh, especially for the foreseeable future. Um, so I, I don't, I don't really know a way around that. Um, even running to outdoor beer gardens, uh, those are full of other patrons. Uh, and it, it doesn't make sense for us to to run to a, a place and, and not be able to, you know, have have an experience. Uh, so, you know, we're, we'll have to be creative of, of how we of how we eventually gather. Um, but it, it certainly won't look like, um, you know, piling into uh, into a, a traditional bar as we once did. Right. That's understandable. Well, I commend you for what you've done in terms of bringing your innovative spirit to this situation, right? You seem like a pretty positive and upbeat and forward thinking kind of individual. And I I think that's what makes you a a pretty cool entrepreneur. And one of the reasons you're, you're on the show to begin with is that we interview entrepreneurs. And I've many times said and believe that entrepreneurs are not necessarily business owners, but they're innovators in whatever space they're in. And you've brought that in a continual fashion to this project. And now even more so with your, okay, go out and run individually, come back home, jump on a Zoom call, and we'll do a a ceremonial toast over Zoom. And then bringing in the other run clubs across the nation is is pretty cool and and around the world as well. What's your, your most fulfilling moment in terms of being the founder and president of the Fishtown Beer Runners? What was the biggest sort of peak moment in your entrepreneurial journey, so to speak? 
So, wow, I, I'm proud of so many things uh, with uh, with Beer Runners. And and it seems that every time I feel like we've reached the zenith or I've reached the zenith with the club, you know, something else come, comes along. Uh, I, I guess... I, I guess I'll just speak more personally. I, I personally, um, what's most uh, exciting and, and, and satisfying and, and for me and, and what I'm most proud of is the fact that the story has, has really come full circle. Uh, you know, it started uh, based on my divorce, uh, but uh, it, 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 it ends or, or it's come full circle with the fact that I actually met my wife. Uh, I met my wife um, in Spain. Um, I was invited um, by the Spanish Brewers Association to help them uh, launch uh, beer running clubs and beer running events. Um, and they were applying a more corporate model to, uh, to my idea, if you will. Um, and I was uh, invited to to launch uh, two runs, one in Madrid and, and one in Barcelona. Uh, and uh, my my now wife, uh, she was working for the PR marketing company um, that had been hired by the the, the Spanish Brewers Association, uh, and we we met um, just uh, completely out of the blue, completely unexpected, and um, you know that was back in in two thousand and twelve when we met, and two thousand fourteen we we were married. Um, she has two children. I have two children now. Uh, they uh, they immigrated um, to the states um, in uh, 2014, and uh, I'm just so proud of of not only um, my my wife but also my my children. My son, um, you know, came here and he was in the eighth grade when he arrived. I mean, he just started his second year of engineering school at the University of Virginia, which is my alma mater, and I'm you know. I never in my wildest imagination thought that I would have a child and maybe I'll have a second child that, that goes to the university of Virginia, uh, especially at age 43, when you're going through a divorce, it's the furthest thing from your mind. And, and, and so I'm, I'm just really fortunate um, that it's had such a, a lovely and, and positive uh, outcome. And, and to me, that is something that I, I, you know, I can't put a price on and, 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 you know, despite the fact that people say, hey, you know, um, you know, make this into a business, I've, I've already achieved so much. Uh, and, and this has given me so much um, that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm completely fulfilled and satisfied. Very cool. Let me ask you about, do you know about the monetization strategy that the group in Spain used to turn your idea into more of a corporate model? Uh, so the, the Spanish Brewers Association um, decided that, uh, well, their approach was a public media or a public awareness campaign similar to Got Milk. Uh, if you know that, that was from the, you know, the milk uh, whomever organization. Same way in, in Spain, it's the Spanish Brewers Association. Yeah, so the, the Spanish Brewers Association launched a, a public awareness campaign. Uh, to support the idea that beer is a family-friendly drink, uh, much different than uh, alcohol and hard alcohol. And, and what better way to promote that than through exercise? Uh, so when they when they 
they, they uh, actually um, hired the professor to do this study. Um, but I, I don't think at that point they envisioned it. Um, cre- uh, it I don't think they envisioned creating running club. That doesn't didn't come until the professor told them about me and what, what we had done in the States. So they um, um, decided to bring me over. And the idea, again, the concept is just to, to, to elevate beer. Uh, and so that it's not regulated um, through the EU, like, like, like spirits and alcohol. Um, and, and that was their, their main goal. Uh, you know, they, they were very clear about not sponsoring one beer over another. It was generic beer, if you will. Um, and, and so that's, and they've spent millions of dollars or excuse me, millions of euros, um, you know, every year, uh, and, uh, you know, it grew from just a campaign of, you know, a couple of runs and, billboards and all of that to uh, organized running clubs um, that are all over Spain. That's amazing. And so I guess part of their revenue generation, aside from supporting what they're doing on a sort of uh, community front, is some sort of membership model as well? I, in terms of the runners? Uh, no, I, I think everything is, is free, um, even down to their shirts. Uh, or certainly it was. Uh, I, I'm not privy to that uh, information. Um, you know, uh, this is based on the initial startup. Uh, it was to just to create the awareness uh, and 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 for positive marketing. Uh, and I think it's been pretty effective. Um, you'll see uh, orange beer runner shirts all all over uh, all over Spain. Yeah. Very, very cool. Very, very cool. And that all started with you here in Fishtown. That's it. That's pretty incredible. Yes. Uh, and, you know, if I if I would have you know, that, that was probably the moment where if I wanted to monetize myself or to even take advantage of their monetization, I, I was just too green. I, I didn't realize that that what I created would actually was actually a concept um, that would would have uh, an entrepreneurial um, interest, um, and I didn't learn that till till, till a little later. Um, but you know, nonetheless, I was I was just happy to to share my my story and my idea, my concept, um, and and you know, and like I say, uh, the end result for me was my family and the fact that I also have helped uh, you know so many other people along the way. Amazing. Now, just before we wrap up, I have a quick question about your advice to other individuals who are going through a hard time. It it strikes me that you're a a positive, very forward thinking individual, as I said earlier, but at the same time in a balanced way. So for someone else who's either approaching a divorce or looking at a tough transitionary period in their life, maybe they've lost their job or they've been laid off because of COVID-19, for example, or if they've recently gotten a cancer diagnosis um, and you've been through two out of three of those pretty tough battles yourself and are still going through your, your cancer, cancer battle. So what, what advice do you have for someone that's in that situation? Yeah, everybody handles crises differently. Uh, everybody has their own breaking point or their own sense of what it takes to to make them, you know, um, 
you know, seek help or to move forward. Uh, I, I would say, I guess my, my, my advice would be is to talk, uh, and, and to, to, you know, to, 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 to put yourself in a situation that's outside your comfort zone. Uh, to me, that is what helped me the most. Um, and, and, and finally accepting the situation that you're in. Uh, it was a combination of all those things for me, um, was, you know, ex- finally accepting that, uh, that this had happened to me. Um, and then, um, you know, talking, sharing, I mean, that's just part of my own personality. It might not be the same with others, but, but also, uh, you know, seeking professional help. Uh, I, I, I did as well. I, I, I went to counseling. Um, what I found is that friends are, are, friends are there to tell you that you're right. Um, therapy uh, professionals are there to tell you the truth uh, and to help you um, overcome the, the obstacles and the hurdles. Uh, and, and once I realized that distinction, um, that was also very valuable for me. Uh, so I knew when I'm really down, you know, I, and I needed to be pepped up, you know, I went to my friends, you know, um, and when, uh, I needed real help in terms of advice and strategies and all that, it was professional. So, uh, and then, and then trying something that is something different. Um, you know, you never know, um, you know, what opportunity, uh, lies ahead. And until you knock on a different door, you keep knocking on the same door, you you know, you're going to have the same experience. And, and that's what running represents to me is something, a, a totally different world, uh, completely outside of my, um, you know, even interest level. I've never had a desire or interest to be a runner. It's not like, something I would say, oh, I'll, I'm going to be a runner someday. And like I was pushing it off. I never wanted to be a runner. I, I, I thought running was ridiculous. You know, you come to a stoplight, you know, when you're driving and you see those runners running in place, looking at their watches. I thought that was ridiculous. And, <laughs> and, and wearing that, I mean, I, that, you know, so, you know, and, and then I, I just let go. At some point you get so low that you just have to let go of certain preconceived comp notions and and you need to you know just just try different something different um and that's how it was for me i know it's different for everyone but um but you know just be open and and try to try to try to get outside yourself no i appreciate that and i couldn't agree with you more i think that trying new experiences often veers your life off in a completely different direction and presents new opportunities right and i think from what you're saying, that's one of the things that to me really seems pretty impactful and was probably a big pivot point for you as well. Just doing something different shakes, you know, the rust off, so to speak, and takes your life in a different trajectory in a lot of ways. I mean, you looking at your resume, you know, you, um, you, you obviously did a lot with beer runners, uh, international beer runners summit in 2017 and 2019, but you've also, you know, you've been a DJ for your gospel brunch at Johnny Brenda's, uh, and you, you've been a radio host for Delaware Valley Radio Network uh, from 1992 to 2012, where you did the gospel train and Roots of Rhythm and blues radio programs. I mean, you, you're the type of guy who, who immerses yourself in unique experiences and 
you know, I'm wondering, has that had a big impact in your life? Do you think that that's one of the biggest things that every time you try a new experience, it puts you in a new room with new people and provides new opportunities? Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's that. And, and, and also, you know, following your, your passion, you know, your interest and, you know, and finding that balance with, between, you know, what you love to do and what's, what's, what's comfortable. Uh, and that's the, you know, my radio show. I, I just love music and, and, uh, you know, museums and history. That's my profession. I love that. And, and, and I do those things, you know, for long periods of time, you know, I, uh, but, you know, balancing that with, with forcing yourself, um, to do something different, you know, in my case, you know, I, I didn't choose to do something different. I, I was forced out of survival and necessity. Uh, and, you know, I, 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 I often wonder if, if, um, I, if I would have been a runner, um, earlier in my life, uh, what more I would have accomplished. But, but the point is, is that, you know, you, you have to, you have to balance that. And, and you're right. You just never know, uh, where, where it's gonna, where you're going to end up, um, as you go through that door of opportunity. So, you know, for me, it was, it was, it was, it was, you know, meeting my wife and having a family, uh, and, um, and then also another, you know, great experience I had was accepting an award at the Philadelphia film festival. I mean, for the best local picture, I mean, who would have thought I'd be on the same stage as Michael Moore. (laughs) I I mean, it's just, it's just, it's been a, a you know a kind of a crazy ride, but um, uh, you know it's just it's it's fun. Very very cool. Well, so for those who are listening who might want to reach out to Fishtown Beer Runners or get involved with the Beer Runners Group, I know right now you're not doing any outward activities, outside activities, but maybe they want to join you for your ceremonial toast and check out you know what Beer Runners is all about. How can they get in contact with the organization? What's the best way? Sure. Uh, so fishtownbeerrunners.com uh, is our, is our website. Uh, and then on, uh, we're very active on Facebook. So if you go to, uh, we have several pages on, on Facebook, but if you, if you go to Fishtown Beer Runners on Facebook uh, to the group page, and that's the one that has like 4,000 members, that's the one uh, you should, uh, you should join. And that's where we do the, uh, the virtual toast, uh, live, uh, on Thursday nights at 8.30. We, uh, we strive, uh, to be an inclusive group. Uh, so no matter, you know, as we say, all, all faces, all paces. So no matter your, 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 your pace, no matter, you know, you don't feel intimidated. Uh, we all start the same way, uh, one foot in front of the other. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, uh, hopefully, uh, you'll find us to be welcoming, uh, and inclusive and, um, and, you know, it will be the start of a, I think a really great experience. And, and, and especially if you're new to the area, uh, new to running or just want to change up, uh, your running habits, uh, give us, give us a shot. And if you can't make a Fishtown beer run on a Thursday night, there's other chapters, uh, in the area that meet on different nights. So there's Manioc beer runners. Um, there's the Bucks County Beer Runners. Um, there's uh, the Northeast Philadelphia Beer Runners. There's the Northwest Philadelphia Beer Runners. On and on and on. So uh, just do a Google search, and you'll they'll come up. Very cool, David. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate having you on the show. And uh, thanks for all of the the positive energy that you bring. We're really rooting for you in your cancer battle, and we we hope to hear that you've been cancer free very soon. 
Well, thank you so much, Tony. I, I expect that we will have a beer together at some point. For sure. And uh, love to continue the, the conversation. And uh, uh, again, it was a real pleasure uh, to, to be with you today. I'll bring my running shoes. You got it. <laughs>